0: Let us take a moment to pause before we think about God's word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Eight months today was the last time that we gathered for worship together in the sanctuary here in Brighton. It was the 15th of March. Numbers were already down at that stage. People were starting to stay home because of the spread of coronavirus. And from the Sunday after, we have been primarily online. Eight months of waiting. Eight months of waiting to return. Eight months of waiting to get back to some form of normal. In our passage today, the people being addressed have been waiting. It's not obvious straight away, but chapter 56 marks the start of a new section in Isaiah. Up to chapter 40, the people were still in the land of Israel. And God was calling them and and challenging them to change and warning what would happen if they did not. Sadly, Israel didn't change its ways. And so the whole nation was taken into exile, uprooted and marched hundreds of miles away. Chapters 40 to 55 speak into that time. And share promises and hopes of of what would eventually come that, that god 's people would return to the land that the exiles would be gathered home by chapter fifty six The Israelites have returned, uh, but not as many as were hoped. the mass return of exiles has has not been realized. The great hopes and dreams and promises shared through Isaiah and other prophets are far from complete. The people are waiting. They live in an interim time. They are waiting for the dawn of a new world. And into that waiting God spoke. I wonder, in our waiting, has God been speaking to you? What might you have wanted him to say? It strikes me that the the words here from Isaiah may not have been the words anticipated by God's people. Here they are waiting, hoping for the exiles to return and complete the promises God made of there being a people who belong to him, living in his kingdom and living by his values. Yet what God says here is startling. To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. Forever. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer the sovereign Lord declares he who gathers the exiles of Israel I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered God is going to gather still others, others beyond the Israelite exiles, and not just any others, but eunuchs and foreigners, people who up till now have been excluded from worship in the inner places of the temple. I think this would be unexpected to a people who were waiting who want to return to the glory days by having the exiles return. This is startling news. In the midst of their waiting, God directs their attention outward and forward rather than back. Six weeks ago, the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland met largely in a virtual way, with a minimal few in the assembly hall, and at its opening the moderator Martin Fair brought this message to the church.
1: On Monday of this week I read a blog post in which the writer identifies four attitudes common to those organizations which are not only thriving in the current crisis but are prepared to thrive in it and beyond it the first attitude is summed up thus we are not waiting for things to return to normal well I hope not because it will be a long wait and if we're honest much of what was our normal hadn't been working anyway. You can't look at 60 years of decline and think, I can't wait to get back to that. You can't consider the catastrophic loss of children and young people from our congregations and say, we can't wait to get back to normal the way it was before all of this. Wanting to go back to normal would be like emigrating. Then returning to your hometown 50 years later and being surprised that it wasn't the same person running the corner shop.
0: In our waiting, what are we waiting for? A return to normal, a return to what we were doing, life that was marked in many cases within the church by catastrophic decline. Could it be possible that in the midst of our waiting God might come with a message that directs us to look forward and to look out? The Lord began this section with these words, My salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. His people were on the cusp of something new. They were on the cusp of God bringing about his righteous purposes such that the lives of others would be changed, transformed, delivered, saved. But to do that, There could be no returning to the old ways. And so the Lord directs his people to look forward and to look out. Friends, in our waiting, which direction are you focusing on? Is it back? Back to normal? I know it's not easy to look forward. And I know it's not easy to look out, especially when we feel vulnerable, but if our future is to be other than decline, then we can't just look back to what was normal. We need to look forward and we need to look out. Into that waiting time, the Lord had another major point he wanted to raise with his people. Not only were they to look forward and to look out, they were also to evidence his kingdom through justice in the present time. He says to them, Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will be soon revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps their hands from doing any evil. We see again those words, mishpat and zadekah, justice and doing what is right. It can seem confusing at first why God would string together justice, salvation and Sabbath, but he has good reason. Yes, the Lord wants them to look forward and to look out, but he does not want them to neglect doing what is right in the present time either. And doing right involves seeking justice, justice for all. Because Sabbath has to do with rest, not just for masters and Israelites, but servants and foreigners as well. To keep the Sabbath Meant, among other things, that you valued what God valued. That you cared for what he cared for. The Sabbath was a sign that you wanted your life to be lived in submission to God. Such that you shared his values, including his passionate concern for justice. In their waiting, the Lord's people... Were to look forward and look out, but they were also to evidence the values of the Lord, particularly through justice. They were to be a visible sign that the kingdom of God was breaking into the world and being felt by others, not just for those on the inside or with status, or the right credentials. There was to be justice for all. But so often Israel failed at that. I wonder, friends, would our local community out here see this in us? Are we a visible sign that the kingdom of God is breaking into this world and setting things right? We sang earlier, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Do our lives evidence this? Or are these just nice words? Who is in moral proximity to us? And are we doing anything about their needs? Because in our waiting, there is a world out there who needs to know there's a God who cares. And his plan is for his people to show his love and concern. And to do that, we must share his values. Brothers and sisters, we are in a waiting time. But may we not simply wait for a return to normal. Instead, may we open ourselves up to the Lord's leading by His Spirit. That this time of waiting might mature us, grow us, equip us to look forward and to look out. By being a people who seek justice in the present time. I pray it may be so. Amen.